everyone. Hello, friends. Welcome back to Barb Knows Best, the podcast. I am so happy to be here with you all today for another riveting, hopefully inspiring, living room style conversation about some of life's most important topics. And I'm also so happy to be here with you, mom. Hello, mom. Hi, Michelle. How's it going being you today? It's going. It's going. It's going. Transitioning from... You know, we did an episode on transitioning into the seasons. And I think here in Florida, we are really, really busy from about November to April and mid-May. So it's, we're kind of winding down and getting ready for a slow time in the summer. So transitions are always interesting. And so I'm looking forward to this conversation for sure. Transitions are always interesting and they always bring up lots of emotions and feelings, but yes, I, I look forward to the summer season here because it is slower and calmer and that's my vibe. It's true. It's almost, even though it's called summer here in Florida and many parts of the United States, obviously it's a hibernation time really here in South Florida for us. It's a time to really regroup, plan, relax, rest, renourish and rejuvenate ourselves. So it is a, it is a very well looked at, looked forward to time of the year for us. And obviously it's hot as Hades here. So stay inside in the air conditioning. Well, I kind of get used to it though. If you live here long enough, I guess, but you know, hey, I you always, bo- you're born here. <laughs> Come on, girl. <laughs> I always think so. And every year, like, I'm like, I'm good. I'm good. And then it hits and I'm like, I'm not good. Well, I think it's because people underestimate that really summer, the heat lasts through oftentimes through October. So it's just a long period. But anyway, on with our subject today. Such is life. Such is life. So we've had questions about this topic and I'm excited to chat about it because I really love when we can have conversations that break down some of these difficult topics and at least just help, I mean, us and our conversation, but hopefully you all maybe take away one thing or two things on how to implement it into your life to maybe feel like things aren't so challenging. And today's topic, I feel like is the epitome of, of that essence. So true. This is coming up a lot for so many people. I was on a phone call with a really good friend of mine and she was talking about we're going to be talking today about disrespect. And she was talking about it, how she's a psychologist and she was talking about how things just seem to have changed and really become very, very different that people have no filters anymore and no boundaries anymore with saying whatever they want to say, being upset, being disrespectful, not liking the work that she's doing and really letting her have it. It's been, it was a very interesting conversation and it's not like we can't sit and be uh, talk to people about what they like or what they don't like or what what's quite what's not quite working. But there's a level of disrespect I think that's happening around people in general, and I think it's why we get so many messages. I, I would say probably half of the comments on the posts that I put on social media talk about being disrespected by family members, being disrespected by coworkers, being disrespected in the grocery store line, being disrespected. So it's a very hot topic, I think, for most people right now. So I'm looking forward to diving in and having a good conversation about it. Me too, because that is how 
it feels the energy of at least where we live. And I think in a lot of places is where that lack of respect, you know, which is disrespect is, is always just beneath the surface. And how do we deal with it? Really? Well, and I think too, this idea that if we respect ourselves and then respecting ourselves, we respect others. We really, we really don't have the ability and can't have the ability to tolerate disrespect from people because really what happens if we start to allow people to disrespect us without standing up for it, it's going to give people the impression that the less respect that we have for ourselves, because actually we're tolerating it from other people, the less respect they're going to have for us. So it's like a vicious cycle, I think. And then people really think that maybe the standards that you have or the respect that you really feel that you yourself deserves and, and, you know, human beings in general deserve, uh, they don't think that it's serious. They don't think that it matters. So it's really, I think it's a tricky subject. I find it very tricky. People tend to not speak up about disrespect and just let it go. And it, it kind of feeds within them. They get irritated and frustrated in that without saying anything. And then it just keeps perpetuating the same old thing. So it's going to be interesting, I think, to have this conversation about how do we actually stand up for being respected and not tolerating it, not tolerating the disrespect. Yeah. I mean, to your point, it is, I find it challenging to respond to disrespect because it feels like such an attack and it is so personal. And I know we, we've talked about taking things personally and we've had a lot of requests to talk about taking things personally again, but disrespect feels so personal when we experience it because it is a lack of respect. And I, (laughs) this is going to be really weird, but for whatever reason, when, when we were talking about disrespect and I was putting together my thoughts about it, it hadn't, it hadn't hit me that disrespect is the lack of respect. I don't know why I didn't break down the word until like just this very moment. (laughs) Who knows? But I think if we're talking about the lack of respect, we have to talk about what it means to garner respect and to cultivate respect and and why someone might not even have respect to begin with, you know, because respect is so important in our relationships and our, and our society and our world. I think what you were talking about with your psychologist friend about not being respected in her work, it's permeating everywhere. And what do you think it is about life right now where people are not valuing respect for other people? Well, I think I'm, as I, as I digest that question you just asked, I think probably the first thing that comes up for me is that people are so overwhelmed right now today. I don't run into anyone that isn't feeling like they can't get a, they can't get a handle on time. Mm -hmm. You know, oh my gosh, you know, with the pandemic time is so, we've even talked about it on the podcast, time is so elusive and I I just can't wrap my head around, you know, three years have gone already and all those things, all those kinds of conversations. And if you live uh, in, if you live in an area that is lots of growth and lots of changes and lots of things, it's overwhelming. 
And then on top of that, people feel like they need to get what they want. They need, they need to get what they need. They need it right now. And, and their needs need to be met. Like it's that urgency. My needs need to be met. So it's an entitlement, actually, what I'm trying to say. It's kind of an entitlement. So I think people are feeling entitled because I just need to get this done so I can move on to the next thing. And so lastly, I think it's what we've talked about on this podcast a lot. It's, there's, no, there, there's a lack of ability to take the pause. If something doesn't go our way, we respond with, with a, no checks or balances. We just say the first thing that comes to our mind. And usually it's like a road rage type thing. It's anger mm-hmm. or it's frustration or it's irritation or what's the matter with you? Are, are, are you stupid or something? I heard someone say that to a cashier. Oh, are no. you stupid or something? What's the matter with you? So I think people are just saying whatever they feel like saying in the moment because they're frustrated, because they're overwhelmed. And I think that does go hand in hand with not taking things personally. Cause when I watched this whole altercation happen, it, it wasn't personal. This person was clearly so frustrated already before they even walked into the, into the establishment. So it's very interesting how we start to manage disrespect and how do we start stand up for ourselves. And I think it's not easy obviously, but I think it's necessary I think, but we, but we need to be able to stand up for ourselves in a kind, but strong, powerful way and not fight, uh, uh, disrespect with disrespect, not bring back, dis, not handle, hand someone disrespect that they've disrespected us. It's that, you know, an eye for an eye type of a thing, because as Gandhi said, an eye for an eye makes the whole world blind. So I think that's kind of what's happening in our country, or I, I can't really speak for the world, but it's kind of what's happening in our country. I think we're all kind of blind right now and seeing you know, kind of walking through the dark, trying to figure out this next iteration of life after the pandemic. And I think it's been really difficult for so many people. I think that's so true. And just thinking about what you were saying, the concept of everyone feeling really overwhelmed, I think, you know, post lockdowns and life being turned upside down in the pandemic and everyone having a lot of different struggles, like with grief, with loss, with finances, with health, with, you know, everyone really struggled during these past few years and overwhelm plus the struggle, the struggles that come along with a global pandemic. Plus what I'm going to talk about is another thing with respect is no wonder we're living in like a a chaos of disrespect. And I think the other piece of respect that should be talked about is what we always talk about, you know, the relationship that you have with yourselves. And so many of us are so disconnected from ourselves. And how can you respect yourself if you don't know yourself and love yourself? And so I think it's this equation for chaos of everything that's been happening and then no real self-care, self-awareness, self-knowledge so that respect isn't even in, in the equation because there's no room for it. And, you know, if we don't love and respect ourselves, you know, I don't think that we can love and respect other people. You know, I think it's when people talk about mirrors in, in life, like everyone is mirroring you and why we shouldn't take things personally, because, you know, if that person that, you know, freaks out at the cash register person, it's about them, not the cash register person, you know? 
For sure. And I think it's also, Michelle, a, a product of people feeling very desperate to get their needs met, to get what they need to survive in life, to make sure that they're being taken care of, make sure their families are being taken care of. There's this whole, there's this whole energy I think that's happening right now. Like, how do I take care of myself? So there's a, uh, I, I don't want to, I don't want to use the word selfishness, but there's a, there's kind of a, a flavor, if you want to call it, that's kind of how I feel. It's like, a, it's like something that's permeating the energy sphere. Like we're so desperate to get our needs met right now because there's so much chaos and so much disparity actually going on, I think in the country. And I think we're at the precipice right now of trying to sort out how do we actually live in this new form of our lives? And so respect has to be key. And I think you're right. Respect obviously has to start with ourselves. And it also has to start with other people. We have to open up a little bit to the things that we're saying and the things that we're doing, how they might actually harm someone else or how it might not be in our best interest. Because when we're disrespectful to someone Actually, when we keep doing that, it's really not in our best interest. It starts to erode the goodness and the the absolute, um, yeah, goodness and care that we actually have for ourselves. So I think it's for me in witnessing it all and feeling as well, feeling overwhelmed often. It's taking that pause and being able to say, okay, now wait a minute, how can I come back to myself and be respectful for myself and understanding what I need and also respectful for others. So, yeah. And to reiterate the word that you just use is care. And we have to care about how our actions impact other people. And again, to your point, we've been stretched so thin through these past few years. It feels it, I think for a lot of people, it's felt impossible to care about other people because we're just in survival mode trying to make it through for ourselves. So we have no bandwidth to extend that care. And so really, I think what maybe this chapter of our world is relearning how to care and reconnecting again with values of why it's important to care about other people and how we can have a functioning society and world with care and respect and being mindful of how our actions affect other people. It's really like we're things, everything was like burned to the ground and now we're having to start over again and, and re learn some of these aspects of life that we had to let go of out of reaction to the situation. And I do think that care is at the center. Yeah, I think care is at the center of it. I think the idea that, I mean, I know for myself that if I'm caring for myself and taking the time for myself that I need to care for myself and having that awareness of what I'm feeling and what's happening for me in the moment and all those things, then I'm going to be better able to care for others and be more kind. Because the loving kindness that we show for ourselves is the loving kindness that then we can extend to others, which I believe is why we're here, is to all of us, you know, live in, in, live in a sense of loving kindness for each other. So I'm excited to get some of the tips and some of the ideas that you and I have been talking about on how do we start to almost like peel the layers of the onion back. We talk about that a lot, like our inner work is like peeling layers of the onion, getting to the awareness of what can we do if someone treats us with disrespect or what can we do if we fly off the handle and we've been disrespectful to others for ourselves? What are some of the things that we can start to do little by little to start to cultivate this, this respect for ourselves 
and respect for others and how we can deal with people that are being disrespectful to us. Absolutely. Let's take a break. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And we're back. So what we love to do on this show, obviously, is to talk about the thing and then give some tangible takeaways about the thing. And when it comes to respect or disrespect, actually, like you said with the cash register person, it's so easy to not know how to respond and to let it just move on. And then we end up storing that disrespect within us and then it builds and builds and builds. And we know that whole agony of, wishing we had said something or done something differently. And so having maybe some of these quick responses in your back pocket could be really helpful when you're faced with disrespect. Well, because when I witnessed that whole interchange at the cash register, I could tell that the person was late and agitated and irritated and needed someone to blame. Mm -hmm. They needed their order right now and for whatever reason, the order wasn't coming in the speed that, that they expected and had to blame some because there, there had to be some other reason. You know, there's always some other, someone else has made, made me be agitated. It's your fault that I went off the handle and called you stupid. I mean, there's all those things. And so we have to really be careful about taking that pause and understanding that the idea to blame someone else with what's going on is not necessarily in our best interest. We think that it is, but it really it really is not. And it's not helpful. And so I think today we can talk about how do we do, how do we say things, as you were saying, Michelle, how do we say things and how do we respond to disrespect or how do we respond ourselves and not be disrespectful if we're feeling agitated, if we're feeling upset, if we're feeling like it's out of our control and it's the other person's fault. And now we're going to get in trouble at work or with family or whatever it is that's causing the whole agitation to begin with. So what's your first, uh, what's your first tip that you have for us, Michelle? Yeah. I really like how you just said all of that. Oh, That was very helpful. I think it's just, it's a lot. I like, to, I like to think, I, maybe if we could start with this premise, <sighs> not as a tip or anything, but just, I, I like to think that people truly are doing the best they can or the best that they're able in the moment. I, I probably will never think that people are evil or bad people. To think about people that way is, is not helpful for me. And I don't think that it's helpful in living life. So I believe that people are are drawn to different circumstances and drawn to st- different responses because of whatever is happening in their lives. So that's right. why it's really necessary to get a handle on what awareness, what is happening for you in the moment, and then taking the pause. Okay, I am running late. It's really not this person's fault. They should have the order for me right away, but they don't. But they can't do anything about it. I can't do anything about it. So do I want my whole day to be ruined and do I want to be actually mean or disrespectful? 
mm-hmm. to another person, which is, which I think at the core, when we do that, there is a little part of us that beats ourselves up about doing it. I truly believe that. Cause I know when I'm disrespectful to someone, or if I go off the handle with someone, or if I lose my temper with someone, I always later feel feel upset with myself, actually feel like, Barbara. And usually I'll go back and make an amend or or I'll sort out what what was happening with me in that moment that caused me to lose my temper or to cause me to want to get so upset because the bridge went up or caused me to get so upset because someone cut me off in traffic or whatever it is. Because I know driving is always a big thing we get. I get so many comments on driving and road rage and things like that. Because people are always feeling late. Yeah. We're always behind. We're always behind. We're always behind. I think that's the biggest thing I know for, I know for me, if we could just stop feeling behind and start feeling like the present moment has everything we need and we're not behind. Yeah. I really think so. That's, uh, I just really feel that way. If we'd stop feeling behind in life. I have sort of a philosophical question, I guess. Because I know from what you just said about you always regret when you have an outburst or you say something that's hurtful or disrespectful and then you regret it. I do too. Um, Do you think that all people do? Like, because I think, sorry to interrupt. I saw you were about to speak. I think that for me, at least with whenever I have an outburst or say something that I don't mean or do something that's like a knee jerk reaction, it makes me feel out of control. And that feeling of being out of control is just the worst feeling for me. But that's just me. Is that universal? Do you think? I think that is a great philosophical question. No, no, I I love it. Cause here's what I truly think. I think when you have awareness I think people know when you have that inner awareness, you get the feeling in the pit of your stomach or in in your throat. Usually I get it in my throat because I think, oh, wow, I just said something. And then my throat kind of tightens up a little bit or I start to cough a little bit. I think if you have awareness of your body and awareness of what's happening within you, yes. If you do not have that awareness, I think what happens is you get the trigger of setting off more anger, more disrespect, more irritation. So I think you just keep going through, spinning through life like that without any awareness. So I think it's in there, but you're not aware of it. So what it does is it feeds more disrespect, more negativity, more I'm really behind now and it's your fault and more anger and more resentment and all of the things. That's my thought process. I feel like that's why it is so crucial to develop an inner awareness. What am I feeling in this moment so that I'm not constantly burying it and covering it up and it'll start generating more road rage or more agitation or more yelling at someone? Yeah. And like you often say, when you don't feel your feelings and keep pushing them down, then they come out sideways. And is that this the coming out sideways? Yes. And I also believe that, I think science has proven this and I don't exactly know how to say it as a scientist, but I think- <laughs> When you, a negative, when a negative gets split, like when a negative happens, I think it, a negative produces a negative, produces a negative. And I think it's like triple and, you know, keeps, snowball effect. it keeps a huge snowball effect. It's not, if you have one negative, it's not then just another negative. It's a, it's a negative and maybe a triple negative and then maybe a quadruple negative. And I think it just snowballs like that. And then it gets out of control. And then we feel even more out of control. And I believe 
this is, this is what I think. And when you think about science, that negative feeds a negative feeds a negative, but positivity feeds positivity, but not in the speed that a negative does. So that's why it's so critical to intercept that negative first off the bat with something positive, with a pause. I believe that positivity grows and feeds on itself mm-hmm. and makes us more kinder and more loving and more strong and all the things, but not at the rate that a negative does. So I think it's really critical to catch that negativity when it first happens. And that takes a lot of work, a lot of self-awareness. And I think it's why we get so caught up in things. And I know for me, all that negativity, especially the negative self-talk back in the day is what caused me to become bulimic and check myself into treatment. Mm-hmm. I think it led to an eating disorder, just the whole unaware of what was happening inside of me, unaware of my body in terms of what I was feeling and what was happening. And so the negativity just kept feeding itself and feeding itself. So, And I think it's also a lack of control for sure. It's always a lack of control. How do I gain the control? And so sometimes addiction helps us gain that control for the moment, but then we all know what addiction does. You derail into a into not a very good place, into a sense of true out of control. Yeah, I like that. And it is so true. And I think all of us can relate to that, that it's so easy to spiral into the negative. It's so easy to like fall into a negative thought pattern and let it multiply exponentially. And it feels like going against the grain and being replacing it with a positive or being having the awareness is like a Sisyphean effort. Like it's like Sisyphus pushing the rock up the hill sometimes. And sometimes it's like, well, why do I need to put in all this effort just to rewire my brain or create new neural pathways or to be more positive when the negative is just so much easier And I think that's where all of us probably get stuck because sometimes it's just easier to default to the negative. But the negative is actually destroying us from the inside out and we're not not aware. And I think also think of, think of a disrespect feeds disrespect because it's negative. When we are disrespecting someone, we are dissing them. As you said, disrespect, we are dissing them. We are, we are saying something that is not kind. I look at disrespect as kindness. When we are disrespecting someone, we are not being kind. It doesn't mean being a doormat. It doesn't mean being nice. It means being kind. We can be assertive and powerful and be kind. So when we are disrespecting someone, I think disrespect feeds disrespect unless we have self-awareness, unless we can take the pause and say, wait a minute, what just happened? What did I just say? And what am I feeling right now in this moment? If we don't do not do that. So I want you to think of disrespect as your mind is speeded up. Everything gets speeded up. Like the velocity of things if you're speeded up already, let's say you're late for work or whatever it is, and then you come across someone not having your order ready, and then you go off on them. Just imagine you went from zero to a hundred in a nanosecond. And then that is just speeding you up, speeding you up, speeding you up, speeding you up. Where if you could take a pause, I'm late already. And now they don't have my order ready. Let me just take a breath here. I can't do anything about it. I don't, I don't want to spiral out of control here because if if I'm, if I'm rude, if I'm disrespectful, if I'm screaming, if I'm angry, I am going to be out of control, not in control. When you slow down that for a second, it gives you so much power. It mm-hmm. really gives you so much, much needed space to be able to then say, okay, what do I need right now? Or what can I do right now? Or I don't want to have my whole day go like this, especially this was first thing in the morning when I saw this mm-hmm. whole episode. So I can only imagine what that person, both people, 
the one that was being disrespected, the cashier and the, the customer. So is that how you want to live your life? And I think that that's what we have to start really asking ourselves. How do I, being the boss of my own life, want to live this day? Another good question to ask yourself. Always. How do I want to be in this moment? How do I want to live this day? Do I want to perpetuate this anger, frustration, irritability, overwhelm, I'm late, I'm late, I'm late? Yeah, our friend Nakia Homer always says how you start the day and how you set the tone for your day is how your day will end up. And that that is true. So that could be another part of your morning ritual to ask yourself, how do I want to show up in this day? Beautiful. Nice. It's a nice aspiration and a ideal to have for the, for the day and for our lives, but certainly one day at a time. It is one day at a time, isn't it? (laughs) All right. So now it's time. We've set it up. So here are some seven things that you can say when confronted with disrespect just, you know, to have in your back pocket in case you need it, because I hope that the cashier might hear it <laughs> so that they can stand up for themselves. Number one, it sounds like you didn't intend to hurt me, but this is how I feel. And what I love about that one is you're, you're not putting the person on the defensive. You're not saying you did this to me. You did that to me. Because I think the minute we do that, the other person shuts down. Mm-hmm. I've noticed that. If I if I start the sentence with you, you might as well just stop <laughs> because right. the other person is not even listening to you. But if you start off with, I know that you didn't intend to hurt me, or I know that you didn't intend to say it this way, but this is how I took it, you have a better chance of the other person saying, oh, wow, I, I'm so sorry, or, well, let's, let's talk about this. I'm not sure I understand, or there's, there's a, I believe there's room for conversation here. And you can say, yeah, you know, this is what happens when you say that to me. Like I've said this on, I think, another episode. I don't like to be called stupid. That is a real trigger for me. So watching that customer call the cashier stupid really mm-hmm. kind of triggered everything inside of me at thing. that moment. And so when someone calls me stupid, I, I will say that I'm not sure that you meant to say something like that because that really hurt me. But this is how that I took it. So I think it's a really good way to stand up for yourself and start a conversation about it. And if you will be able to tell in the instant, if the person is open to learning about how you feel about whatever that person said. And there will be moments maybe when the person doesn't care. And that's when you, you, this is, this is the perfect moment to choose your battles. Right. You know, when Maya Angelou says, when people show you who they are, believe them. If someone doesn't care that you felt disrespected and hurt, that's a big red flag. If you can't have a conversation about it so you can at least let the person know and they're not open and willing and receptive to it. Mm-hmm. That's a whole nother conversation. Yeah. And I think this this response is really geared towards probably more familiar relationships. Um, because I think in any relationship where you're with a loved one or, um, close family or friends, the assumption is there that you're not going to intend to hurt them. You know, if, if you're in a loving, caring, respectful relationship. And so I think you can start it out by saying, it sounds like you didn't intend to hurt me because I, the baseline is that I don't think you ever would. 
And I think that's a great entryway into a conversation because you're letting the person know that the baseline of our relationship is respect and trust and understanding, and then going into your own personal feelings. I know you didn't mean this, but it really hurt my feelings. Um, And I think it's a great entry point to a conversation because you're acknowledging you're acknowledging what's true and then going into how it made you feel. I love it. So it's a good one for family. I think it's why, yeah. Close friends, spouses. Neighbors. I think neighbors. Neighbors. Maybe coworkers. I think coworkers. I think it's a good one all the probably, way around. Well, but probably not the cashier. I keep thinking well, about the cashier. I think so. The cashier could, what, what if the, ca- just think about it for just a moment. What if okay. the cashier said, I know you didn't intend to hurt me. But what if, if the person was like, ma'am, I don't give a and, about and, you. And then that's what I said. Then you, then you know what you're dealing with and you say, here's your food. Have a great day. All right. I mean, it's really not trying to teach people lessons that aren't willing to want to own what's happening in the moment. And so at least you're, at least you're owning your power and you're not becoming run over. I mean, I I really think that it's important to stand up and say something and not say nothing. So to say something kind like that, I know that you didn't intend to hurt me. I think more often than not, even the cashier, I am wondering more often than not, does that have the ability to be able to help shift that other person's anger or resentment? You never know. You never know. It's certainly not, it's certainly not. uh, I might be too jaded and be like, oh, that person wouldn't care. Well, you never know. You never know. So it's, it's a very powerful statement to use and you never know. You never know. Number two is a big one for you. You already sort of mentioned it, but if you start yelling at me or calling me names, I'm going to leave, end the conversation, disengage, whatever fits in that end spot. You do not do name calling. No, there's no room for calling people names. There's no room for yelling. I mean, we certainly do yell. I'm... I've, I've certainly raised my voice, voice many times in my lifetime, but there's no need for it. And so you'll say that to me when I start raising my voice. You say, mom, could you please lower your voice? <laughs> and immediately I go, oh, I, I didn't realize I was yelling. I apologize. So it's that self-awareness and it's also owning if someone is saying to you, could you please stop lo- raising your voice? And, and instead of being defensive about it, I will always say to you, oh, I didn't realize because sometimes we're not aware. We're not always doing things on purpose to hurt other people or to be mean. Mm-hmm. We're, we're just really not aware. So, and I, there is no room for name calling. So I, I draw a red line right there. If someone calls me a name, you know, especially if it's, if it's a familiar person, but if it's not, but if it's not someone that I know and they've called me a name, I, I just say something like, that's really disrespectful. My feelings are hurting and I leave. But if it's someone that I love and I'm in a relationship with, I'll, it's a boundary of mine. I'll say, look, I yeah. don't, I don't, um, I don't do well with name calling. I think it's really disrespectful, and I, I won't call you names, and I don't want to be called names either. And so, if the person continues to do it, I, I will just say, let's pause this conversation, and we'll have to come back to it later when, when we aren't, when you aren't calling names, because I don't, I don't respond to name calling. So we all have those, you know, those lines in the sand where you can't cross that one boundary. And that happens to be mine. So being mindful of what are your non-negotiables really in relationships. And so that is one. It's funny because 
that is one that I think everyone in your life knows mm-hmm. the boundary. Yeah, That's a pretty strong boundary. And you have made that, you have communicated that very clearly throughout my entire life. <laughs> and I think too, in, in a less personal manner for this one, you know, <laughs> I just keep thinking about the cashier person, but they could say something like, this disrespect is unnecessary. Please don't call me names. You know, if you're not in, in a familiar close relationship, but, you know, passing by, this is not necessary. Please don't do that. Exactly. And I think what you're just saying, Michelle, why you need to take a pause before you even respond is to try to deliver the message in the the most neutral way possible. Because remember, the delivery of the message matters as well as the words. So if we're really irate and we're really angry, a cashier should not say that because they don't want to jeopardize their job. You know, they don't want to have, you know, the customer then complaining and saying she was disrespectful back to me because of the way she delivered the message or he or they or whoever whoever happens to be the cashier at the time. So it's really important. It's it's really, this is not easy. Like this is, you know, PhD 101 self-awareness. PhD 101. So I think it's From really- Dr. Barb. And so it's a practice. I think it's just trial and error. You're going to make a lot of mistakes, but at the end of the day, the, the, having the self-awareness and having the ability to be able to bring yourself back into the control that you only have in life and that's how you respond is worth it. Yep. Number three, I can't continue this conversation anymore because I don't feel comfortable with how you're speaking to me. Which kind of goes hand in hand with the name calling, but there can be other other aspects of this one for me, for sure. And I think for many people, when when and I think that has to do with a little bit of what I was just saying, the energy, mm-hmm. the energy that someone is bringing to the conversation. And if you're being very condescending or you're being very abrasive or very short or somewhat rude even, you know, it, it matters. And so sometimes we can get the hit that, wow, this person just wants to have the conversation to get it over with, to make me happy, to appease me, but they're not really willing to have the conversation to come to some kind of resolution. That's kind of what that is for me that the energy is not there, that we're going to come to any kind of understanding or any kind of resolution in the situation. So we might as well pause it and come back to it when we, when we are both in a frame of mind that we can have a good conversation and understanding. And in a safe, in a safe matter where, you know, it's not going to escalate and make it even worse. Right. I mean, cause that's also a possibility in those situations. Yeah, when we're feeling disrespected and we need to communicate it to someone, we certainly don't want it to get worse. And and it might, but we want to be able to be in control of our own responses that we start to recognize, well, this is not going well. This could only get worse. I think we need to take a pause and pick it up later. Playing devil's advocate. Mm -hmm. What happens if you say that to someone and they are like, well, I don't care. We're finishing this conversation because we're here. Then you, you, you say that, I don't see how we're going to be able to have a resolution here. Or, I'm feeling, you get into the feeling. You don't say you, you do the, never start the sentence with a you. Mm-hmm. Just say, I, I'm feeling scared. I'm feeling very protective of myself and my feelings because I'm not sure that this is, feeling okay for me, or I'm feeling a little bit worried that this is going to escalate into something bigger. Just really share your feelings. And oftentimes the other person will say, wow, I don't want you to be scared. I'm sorry you feel that way. Let's start over. 
But I think you have to share your feelings. And then if the other person still doesn't want to honor your feelings, then that's a whole nother level of relationship and disrespect. Yeah. Thank you. Number four. I'm, this is another barb one for sure. I'm not okay with put downs or mean comments that are excused as jokes. It isn't funny. Everybody knows not to make disrespectful jokes in front of Barbara. I mean, think about this for a minute. Jokes are meant to be funny, but not at the expense of other people. And I think I personally feel like we've, there are enough jokes out there and enough fun things to talk about that we don't need to diss and we don't need to put down other people. And I think I'm also not a fan of gossiping. I'm not a fan of writing stories about other people. I, I really think that this is what, for me, I think this is what deteriorates our energy. It deteriorates our mood. It keeps us from focusing on the things that we can do in our life. It takes away our control. It takes away our power. It takes away everything that we need to live the life that we're trying to lead. So when I find myself caught in a conversation that's gossip, or I find myself caught in a conversation that's not serving any anyone, I always, I can really feel it inside of me that I start to feel agitated or I start to feel tired or I start to feel like I've checked out. That's the biggest one for me. I start to feel like I've left the present moment. And so instead of that, start, I, I find it really helpful to be in touch with your feelings and say, wait a minute, let's, this is not respectful to other people, or this is not respectful to whoever we're talking about or whatever we're talking about. Let's talk about something that's going to be useful or helpful or funny, or that doesn't put other people down or disparage other people. Yeah, I think this is a big one in our society right now because for so long, the excuse of it was just a joke, can't you take a joke, was like used as the excuse for saying really awful things. And we're now at a point where people are pushing back on that and it's still, you know, that rock, pushing that rock up against the mountain um, because a lot of people still think that that's acceptable. Well, and social media has certainly exacerbated that because it's anonymity. You can, you can say whatever you want in a comment to someone and, and they don't know who you are. And I think so that people just feel comfortable saying whatever they want to say. And so I, I think what I want to say about this is it's so important to understand what's happening to you when you are being so totally disrespect and rude and careless and harmful and mean with your remarks. Mm-hmm. It's so important to understand what that does to you inside of you. And I believe strongly that what it does inside of me, I've watched it over the past decades it really erodes my own sense of self-worth, my own sense of self-care, my own sense of self-love, my own sense of who I am. And I don't, I mean, I, I, I find it hard to believe that anyone wants to be a rude, mean, aggressive, harmful person at the core. But it's just like the negative. If you keep, if you keep doing it and keep doing it, it's going to feed it and feed it and feed it and feed it and it becomes the norm. It becomes who you are although it's not really who you are, but it becomes who you are and that's what you do. Mm-hmm. So I just would advise if, if 
first of all, if people are making those comments, try really, really hard to not take it internally because it has nothing to do with you and everything to do with them on social media. But the other part of it is if you're the one making a comment like that or saying something to someone like that because you're angry or because you're frustrated or because you don't like what they've done, try to look at what you've said and how could you, especially if it's something that you feel like you want to say and needs to be said, if it's not harmful, see what, how, what other words you could use that might not be so inflammatory. Yeah. So good. It's easy to be mean when you don't have to face someone face to face. And I think that's what's happening. It's, it's mm. become too easy to be able to just be anonymous and say whatever you want. So yeah, it's like that Brene Brown quote. It's hard to hate up close. Yes. Or something like that yes. to paraphrase. Alrighty. Number five, this way of discussing the issue isn't working for me. It's a very, I like this one. I do too, because it's just very, it's not working. And hopefully the other person will say, oh, what's not working? And then you get into a conversation about it. Because I think at the end of the day, everything has to do with feelings. Mm-hmm. Everything, everything in life has to do with feelings. Knowing that feelings aren't final and feelings aren't facts. So why it's not, why you say it in that way, this conversation is not working for me. You're not accusing them of doing anything wrong. You're just saying that my feelings are this, whatever your feelings are, and it's just not working. And then you get into the whole conversation of why is it not working? And then the other person hopefully is open and willing and receptive to what you have to say. And it's just a gentle way to start a conversation. If you notice all these things are, you're owning them for yourself And they're gentle ways of opening the door to conversation because that's what has to happen. Right. I really like this one because it is gentle. It is just like, look, it's stating the obvious, but in a very easy breezy way, like this isn't working. What, what do we need to do to, to finish this conversation in a kind and productive way? And I've found that in my own experience, approaching it from this way is really, really helpful because it's like, clearly if you're battling in a disrespectful way or going back and forth or just kind of stuck in this loop, no one's enjoying it. And so if you can just kind of acknowledge it and then set your, set both of you off the hook of in that, of being in that disrespectful manner, you can just say, okay, how do we fix this? And you don't come to an impasse. I mean, sometimes there are things that we just have to agree to disagree, but we can agree to disagree with respect. Right. But, but hopefully it doesn't come to an impasse where it's, it's with disrespect or what you were saying, Michelle, or it's with unkindness or with a way that it's not helpful for, mm-hmm. for anybody in the relationship. Yes, ma'am. Number six, another Barb one. Let's pause this conversation and come back to it when we've had time, when we've had time to calm down. Nothing gets done when we're angry. Let's nothing take a pause. Done. Yeah, nothing, nothing, nothing good ever. Ha- I, I'm speaking for myself. Nothing good in a conversation has ever happened when I have been angry, when I'm really feeling my feelings of anger or frustration or hurt or displeasure or any of those strong feelings that we have when we've been hurt or when our feelings are raging at the ultimate level, nothing ever good can come. So you need to, I need, I personally need to take the time to sort my feelings out and let them calm down 
and be able to feel the feelings strongly. Like, what is causing me to be so amped up about this? Why am I, why are my feelings raging right now? And then come back to it. And then I can say to the person, look at this is what, this is what I was feeling. And now I need to get to the root of how I don't feel this way anymore, how I don't get triggered this way anymore. So you have a little bit more clarity. You have a little bit more patience and more time and more space to be able to have the conversation. Yeah. It's like we say all the time, there's so much power in the pause. And sometimes you just, if you're in a loop of disrespect or it's just really heated and you can't quite get out of it, um, taking a step back is so helpful because so often you're just in those knee jerk reactions. And when you pull back a bit, you're like, okay, does this really matter? Do we really need to be handling it this way? And you can come back in a, a clear, clear space, clear minded, more centered, more calm. What I do want to love s- the pause. Yes. What I do want to say about this though, is it's hard. This is one of the hardest ones that I have found. And it's taken me years. I mean, just saying, take the pause. It's, it's, it's easy, easy to say, but very difficult to do, especially if you're someone like me and the earlier days, especially because now that I've been doing this for so long, it's, it's okay. I feel okay about taking the pause. But back in the day when I was really angry or when something was really up for me, I wanted it resolved right now. Like I wanted to get it out because I, I had trouble in my early days sitting with my feelings. Like it was really propelling me to, I can't feel this way. We got to, we got to get this resolved right now. And I don't know how many of you out there listening to this can relate to this, but it was very urgent for me to have the conversation. So if someone would have said that to me in the early days, Barb, let's take a pause. You're too upset. I would have been more upset. So I just, I just want to say it's, this is, for me, this was not an easy one, but it was an, it is an incredibly important one to learn that it is okay to feel the feelings, which take time and practice. And it's also okay to take the pause the world is not coming to an end to take the pause is what I've discovered that actually things work out better when I took the pause, but I didn't feel that way in the beginning. I felt like there was an urgency and I had to fix it right now. Cause I'm a fixer. That is very true. Thank you for that caveat. You be patient with yourself. Cause this is not, none of this is easy. You're going to no, make so not. many mistakes. I made so many mistakes. Oh my gosh. We all make a lot of mistakes, but that's how we learn. And that's how we develop that self-awareness. Yeah. And of course use these in your own language and your yeah. own style. You know, these are just templates for you to play with and experiment with. And number seven, that's not how I see it. I'm not going to argue about it anymore. That's the agree to disagree. That's, yeah. You know, I respect you. I love you. I don't feel that way. I don't see it that way. That's the boundary. Yeah, that's the boundary. And so I will, I will respect how you feel and you respect how I feel. Now, these are not major non-negotiable things. These are just, these are things that that aren't life-ending or that aren't really, these are things that you can agree to disagree and be done with it and, and feel okay with it. Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense. I think it does make sense. The idea that we're not talking about things that, oh my gosh, we have to come to some kind of a, an agreement or some kind of an understanding where this is something, you know, you said your piece, I said my piece, we're not in agreement. And then sometimes it's, you know, I think especially, you know, if you're raising children, I remember even in, mm-hmm. even when you were younger, I remember having conversations with your dad or with your stepdad. And I remember saying, you know what, I don't see it that way. This is what I really believe. And so we would have a conversation and one of us would have to give in. Right. 
So there are, there are times where you say, okay, we'll try it your way and let's see what happens for yeah. a little bit. Or, or I can't, I, I, I really feel strongly about this. I hope that you don't feel that strongly so we could, we could try it my way. It's that whole pick your battles thing. Pick your battles and then be okay with it. You can't, you can't give in and then harbor resentment or anger or frustration and then blow up about it later. Right. It's really got to be something that you're okay with agreeing to disagree. Agree to disagree. With respect and kindness. And I think it, you know, the whole agree to disagree also comes with like an unspoken agreement that like, yeah, you're going to let it go. You're not going to harbor it and bring it back up or use it against the person later. Um, I think there has to be that mutual agree to respect moving forward with that agree to disagree because then it's, I think it's just going to keep coming up. Completely. There can't be any sideways jokes about it. Oh, oh, I know you don't like this, so I won't do this anymore. Oh, I forgot. I'm so sorry. I forgot that you don't like this. Oh, you know, there can't be any of that. You, what you just said, Michelle is beautiful. You have to agree to respectfully disagree and, and be okay with it and move on. Yep. And not, as you said, use it against the other person or be, use some kind of snide comments or, or rude, sarcastic, aggressive, passive, aggressive. Lovely. I love this. I'd like to, you brought up Brene Brown earlier. So I'd like to use this. I love, love, love this quote of Brene Brown's. And I think this, this quote really embodies and mirrors what we would say to people that we don't know very well, or like this episode in the, in the store with the cashier and the customer or people that or people that we do love if for things that we can agree to disagree. I think this quote says everything and is really, really helpful as we're trying to be in control of how we're going to respond to disrespect. So Brene Brown says this, when someone spews something really hurtful, don't pick it up and hold it and rub it into your heart and snuggle with it and carry it around for a long time. Don't even put energy into kicking it to the curb. You got to see it, step over it, or go around it and keep on going. So there are so many times when we are being disrespected where we truly just have to see it for what it is. When people show you who they are, believe them. And don't even bother defending yourself. Don't even bother responding. Don't even bother holding it into your heart and don't take it in as your own. Don't snuggle with it, as Brene Brown says. Really just step over it or go around it and keep on going. I think the idea that we take things in all the time as personal or as an affront against us or having the power to name who we are can be a very uh, uh, zapping of our energy, but also can really start to erode our self-worth and our confidence inside. Absolutely. So this has been a quote that I have really taken to heart that when I feel like I'm being disrespected or someone has been really hurtful for me and I know that it's not in a close relationship that I can't have a conversation with them about, I just go around it, step over it. And know that it's not about me. It's about the other person and whatever it is that they're feeling inside of them that caused them to be so disrespectful and harmful. I love that and always love some words of wisdom from Miss Brene. Thank you for sharing that. You're so welcome. Thank you for this conversation. Thank you for sharing all of your insights and um, entertaining my philosophical questions. Oh, thank you, Michelle. It was great. 
as always, I love these living room conversations that we have. And I hope this has been helpful for all of you. Me too. Out there, because this is a really difficult topic. It is. So let us know if you put some of these into practice and how it goes for you, or if it's helpful for you to use these or ones that you use that we didn't say, let us know. We really love hearing from you all and engaging with you outside of the podcast. So we'd love to hear your thoughts about this topic. So if you would like to stay in touch with us, make sure you're connected with us on social media at Peaceful Barb, at Michelle Maros, and at Barb Knows Best Pod. Of course, it's the way to ask questions, but also podcast topic requests. All of the things can be done on the socials. If you haven't yet, please make sure you're liked and subscribed to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple, Google, Spotify, so that you can stay up to date with all of our newest episodes. And lastly, if you haven't yet and you're enjoying the podcast, which we hope you are, please give us a five-star rating on iTunes and Apple and leave us a review. It's really helpful for us. It's helpful for the show. And we really, really appreciate it. We read your reviews and it's so touching to hear from you in that way. So take a, a second to do that for us. We'd greatly appreciate it. Thank you so much again for listening and being a part of this community. Thank you, mom. And we'll chat with you next week because as we know, Barb knows best. Bye.